Mitsubishi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March 26th. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Jake on the mic and breaking news to all you boys and girls out there. Turns out ACC lacrosse this year is going to be, well, it's going to be pretty sick. So, Jake, uh, we just got done wrapping up watching that Cuse versus Duke game. Unreal down to the wire. So how how you feeling after some uh, pretty high intensity Thursday night lacrosse? Well, I mean, is the fire desco movement back? Are we are we back on fire desco? Uh, I I, I don't know. We might have to we might have to pour just a little bit of gas on the fire because I I feel like Cuse they they're probably feeling pretty good about that effort. Uh, Maybe not like. I feel like the fire desco movement was probably really burning hot and heavy when they were down like 12, five after that comeback a little bit, I'm sure that some of that has subsided. So if it's up to us to kind of just, you know, just gently blow onto the, uh, onto the embers to kind of stoke that fire again. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, you know, I don't, you know, if anybody, if there are any Q's fans that are listening, you know, I, I think that I, if it were me, and I'm not a Q's fan, but like if it were me, I would be wondering if I had 14 seconds left down one, why the ball goes into the hands of Brendan Curry and not your pride and joy, uh, Owen Hiltz. So that's just me. Uh, if, you guys, if, if you, I'm if I'm Owen Hiltz, I'm looking at the transfer portal right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Kark said it while he was, you know, Kark said he's like, listen, you know, I'm looking look for Owen Hiltz here. I'm I'm looking for Owen Hiltz on the on the left side, you know, the big lefty, and I I just very confusing to me that they would set. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's raining. It's shitty weather. Whatever. But you know that that little like half little wheel play where you know the you you'd fake like you're carrying up and you pass back and you get a a you know kind of a a half step down from probably 12 yards. I don't know if that's the shot. I don't know if Brennan Curry is the guy making that shot again. I'm not the coach. I mean, you guys might need to take that up with, uh, with, with Mr. Desco, but overall, uh, you know, I caught the last half of the game. It was, uh, it's just the ACC is, I mean, we've, I've never seen the ACC like this. I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's ever been this much talent distributed amongst amongst teams like this what do you think yeah like the the acc has obviously always been the top conference in college across like we, we all know that yeah. um i i think what kind of makes it it like so we we've talked about this in a couple episodes previous where um you know there, there's always been that time where you know the big 10 was kind of right there with the acc and then there were also some times, especially in the Pat Spencer era, where you could say like that the Patriot League is creeping up. Like the Patriot League, let's not make any mistakes. Like they never got the ACC <laughs> level, but like it was like you you could make it the the yeah. uh, like you could be like, hey, like the Patriot League is definitely a, a two team conference in the tournament, and there might be a third. Like there there was Loyola Lehigh Army. Like you could kind of make the. Um, you know, the, the argument for like the Patriot league being a three team conference. But I think this year, like the ACC is so loaded with talent 
And I think that the rest of the country is still, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I want to call it a down year in the, but like the big 10 isn't really that exciting this year. Like, I think we all know exactly what's going to happen. Maryland's just going to run away with it. Rutgers will be that number two team. So um, I think the fact that the ACC is so loaded this year and the rest of the nation is kind of just like, yeah, it's like fun to watch, but it's clearly not on that level. Like that's what makes the ACC so exciting this year. Um, yeah, I mean, unbelievable game and and coming down to the wire like that and, um, you know, huge save in, in the right at the buzzer there, Mikey Adler. I, I don't know what I would have preferred to happen. I, I do think I would have preferred the goal to happen, especially because then we would have also gotten overtime um, yes. so that, you know, just that feed like from the sideline across the crease, um, little like crosshand finish right on the doorstep. Like that goal would have been nuts. And then overtime would have been, um, I mean, obviously would have been awesome. Uh, but the save as, as much as I would have, uh, preferred the goal and the overtime, the save was equally as dirty. Um, so, you know, start to finish unreal game. Um, that's my ring app going on. I've got some motion at the front door. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know, just, you know, one of those games where you realize like, Hey, I, th- I think that the world is getting back to normal because we are having some insane college across the watch. Um, Michael Sowers doing some Michael Sowers things. Um, Dyson Williams with, with a big uh, man up goal towards the end there. Um, I think that that one might get uh, Justin Trudeau a, a little, he, he might have to kind of step in here a little bit because Dyson Williams uh, going from, you know, pretty, pretty far out. Like that was like a 12 yard bomb on Drake Porter. So that's some Canadian on Canadian crime. I'm not sure, you know, what the law says about that. Um, I think the fact that the game was in Durham might be, they might be a little bit more lenient on them. Um, But it might be. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I I think, I I don't know if there's anything in that game that I wasn't expecting. Like I, I think, Heading into that, you were probably expecting a, a very close contested game. Um, was there anything like towards the end there that, that really stood out to you? Or was it just like exciting for the reasons why you thought it would be exciting? I mean, it's, it's always funny to me, you know, you go back in history and you look at Syracuse and Virginia, right? Their last, you know, what did they say? Five or six, five or six meetings have been decided by a goal. And then you go back and you look at Duke and Syracuse and they said the last five or six meetings have been decided by a goal. You know, it's irrespect. It's, Oh, I don't even know if that's a word irrespective of talent. Am I saying that right? I'm not sure. I'm not, a, if I'm it's not, not a, big a word. I do like it anyway. I mean, it's a good word. You might, you know what, what, get out your notebook, write that one down. Irrespective of talent that, you know, it's this, these teams, they come and they get on the, they, they come out, they get on the field and they play each other hard, no matter who was on the field. I think there's something to be said about uh, teams that have risen to that level that realize that, Hey, we are an ACC team with a pedigree. We are a perennial powerhouse. And every time we get on the field, we are going to go hard. And I think that that is, I mean, there's just, there's something to be said about that. Um, you know, Duke's eight. No Syracuse is four and one uh, UNC's eight. No, like those are, you know, those are, those are big, big numbers 
Um, and these, they, they, you know, everybody's, everybody's so deep. They got, you know, guys who can play, you know, you're, you're literally talking about superstars, you know, uh, and, and Michael Sowers, Brennan O'Neill, Stephen Rafus, Chase Scanlon, Owen Hiltz. Like I could, you can just go on and on and on. And I don't think that we've had that for a very long time. Um, and I think what makes, I, I think what's also an element that, that we're not really talking about enough is the difference in like the development and the maturity of some of these guys who are fifth and sixth years being able to coach, coach up these younger guys, these 18, these 19 year olds, having a guy on the field that you can, you know, when he picks up the ball and there's, you know, a minute left and you're down one and he already knows what that's like. And he already knows what to do. It's like a calming presence for everybody to say like, Hey, we've been here before. Like we know what it's like to be down one, you know, two men up with 15 seconds left. Like there's no panic. There's no, uh, rushing. Like it's just, it's the small things that make these teams better. And I, I think that we're, we're, we're definitely getting more of that. And I mean, yeah, I, I hate it. <laughs> Man, Michael Sowers had a few on our on our boy Drake Porter uh, that that were pretty disrespectful. So, um, all in all, fantastic game. Uh, I'm so glad it turned out to be a close one. Um, I would have hated it. I would have hated a blowout. I would have hated it. Yeah, and you know, it, it was looking that way a little bit, like kind of early on. Um, you know, Duke Duke got out, you know, pretty early to a nice big lead, and like that's one of those things where like. I'm not going to feel bad for Syracuse because, like, this is, like, no. one of one of their only, like, three away games that they have to play, like, all year. I think that they've, <laughs> you know, they they've might have played, like, five away games in, like, 800 days. Um, you know, but, like, obviously having to go down to Durham, uh, so that travel and then, you know, the, the shit weather. So, like, it, it, everything was stacking up against Syracuse in this one, um, you know, and, and when it was – 12-5 or, or whatever the score was. I'm, I'm blanking on it a little bit now. I think it was 12-5. Um, you know, but but like there, there were a lot of, there's a lot of room in there to be like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's a tough schedule, a um, lot of travel, tough weather, like whatever. Uh, but back to the point that, that you were making, like I think like a guy like Steven Rafis, uh, you know, one of those guys who's, who's just been there for so long and has been in so many situations, um, definitely in, incredible underrated i i i don't know if i would say underrated because like if you talk to any like lacrosse fan like they're going to tell you that steven rafus is sick i think it's just maybe overlooked i i think would be the word just because like, well, yeah i mean you, there's you, so much there's, there's so, so much, much talent yeah and then there's and so much hype yeah i i know what you mean i know what you're saying yeah so so i don't think that anyone is so i don't think anyone is underrating steven rafus but i just think that there are so many insanely talented kid in college across right now where like sometimes like you can't talk about all of them so steven rafis is kind of one of those guys who you know kind of goes by the wayside a little bit but this was one of those games where you know kind of like what you were talking about where you know just providing like that stability that like like hey like we got this we're gonna we're gonna come back we're gonna chip away and while we chip away like i'm also gonna do shit that's just filthy as could be um so yeah, I, I think that he's he's one of those guys where um, you know you'll you'll see when you know the the tournament comes around like those guys are so key. Um, so I mean, hopefully hopefully we get this matchup again in the tournament. That would be uh, that would be unbelievable, especially if uh, you know Syracuse doesn't have to spot 
Duke a quick, you know, 12 goals because of, you know, having to deal with travel. So um, definitely, definitely need this matchup one more time. Um, you know, they, they, we're, we're always looking at matchups. Um, one important big, big matchup. matchup pod. That, yeah. Big matchup pod. You know, one important matchup that is coming up next week, which I mean, are we Thursday night lacrosse fans now? Because like, why not? Uh, but um, next week we'll have UNC Duke and, you know, you can't spit, you can't speak of UNC without Chris Gray. And if you can tell by the podcast description, that was, that is who we were chatting with, uh, you know, in, in our, in our interview this week, uh, Chris, unbelievable talent. Um, very, he's, he's such like a calm guy. Like it's just, it's very, it's terrifying, right? It's like, it's, it's a little bit terrifying. So, uh, you guys will be able to get to hear that. It's definitely, it's coming up um on the show so chris gray be sure to check it out um back to you jordy in the studio yeah i mean that that's again like like we said the acc we're not kind of this isn't a, a hot take this isn't a, a take that's you know uh original by any sense like every, everyone oh. knows that all these acc games this season are going to be uh insane like we already got a, a nice little taste of it with the unc virginia game um then we obviously just got this game last night with with duke and q so um you know like all these games are going to be incredible to watch so um you know UNC Duke is going to be another one of them. We've got Notre Dame, Virginia coming up this weekend, right? Uh, pretty sure this that's either a Saturday or Sunday game. Um, but yeah, so now outside of the ACC, because listen, guys, like I, I, I know that there are what, like 70 some odd college D1 programs out there. And yeah, like it, it would be like great if we could talk about all of them. Um, but, you know, like I'm, I'm coaching a team, Jake's coaching a team. Like there's only so much that we can actually watch. Um, and if some of these games aren't necessarily as exciting as others, like they're going to have to get passed up a little bit. So we're not really going to be talking about games that we can't like that we don't actually watch. Um, so there wasn't like a ton of crazy action in college across over the past week. That's really went down. Um, you know, obviously I, I, one of the biggest stories is probably the fact that Penn state um, no longer a wagon after, after losing to Michigan. I don't think that you can lose so to tough. and be a uh, con- considered anything resembling a contender. So, um, you know, obviously Penn state they're, they're down bad right now. Um, but yeah, other than that, there wasn't a ton of action unless you're into some greasy, greasy lacrosse. And that's what we had in Albany versus Binghamton. Uh, so a clip that, you know, it, it did its thing on lacrosse Twitter. I'm, I'm not sure like how far into the lacrosse mainstream that this has made it, but you know, it's small world. So I'm, I'm assuming that everyone has seen this clip by now. Uh, but Albany versus Binghamton got into a little dust up on the sideline and it all gets started uh, with a Binghamton player flying off the field, running through the box, sees an Albany player coming by and he just leans into this dude, blows him up. Uh, I mean, an incredibly greasy, cheap shot for sure. Absolutely. 
they, and, and, I mean, and, and, and that gets the sparks flying. And then we've got, you know, uh, you know, guys being held back. Uh, it's tough to hold back a guy like Dehoga Nanakoke, such a big body, and, and he's always going to stand up for his boys. So obviously Dehoga had to go over there. Uh, Might have might have made contact with someone's body with his allegedly. Fist allegedly and and that guy shouldn't have been standing there um but yeah i mean, I mean so a bit of a fight if if you would call it, I, I would call it a, a donny but that's, that's, that's a dust up it's a, a dust, dust up it was not yeah, a fight a little, yeah, yeah not, not a fight, fight. A, a, a dust up a, you know some some supplemental discipline had to be handed down um but jay how, how do you feel about this this dust up in general all right so i watched this motherfucking video like 10 times, right? I watched it like the Zapruder film and like of JFK getting assassinated, right? Like I slowed it down. I, I took screenshots and zoomed in. I tried to like, you know, really, really get a taste of like, you know, I, you know, I try, try to get a taste of what's going on. So the first thing that you notice is that Binghamton is absolutely getting the shit kicked out of them. Right, like you all, like Albany is crushing Binghamton. Tahoga, like to five at this. Oh point. my God, it was it was a bloodbath, right? And Tahoga had like nine points. He was doing Tahoga stuff, like just absolutely snapping. So, okay, this was my first beef. This kid running off the field is running off way too quick, quickly. Literally, it they're like they're they are literally yes, you need your wheels to get off the field. Yeah, like you're important. You like you need to sub or whatever, but like. Maybe like 80%, 90%. This kid is in a full field sprint, right? The, what the, the first thing that you notice is like the boys are like maybe like getting the ball moving around. Like it's, you know, they just got a fresh clock, shot clock or whatever. But he's subbing off so fucking hard, right? There are people standing near the box, right? There's an attackman standing right near the box. And then, the, and then it like he can clearly see that there's people there, right? So he's going to have to slow down at some point. In no way, shape, or form does he try to slow down in the least bit. And in fact, he actually leans into hitting the guy who steps around the other the the other attackman. Even if the attackman had not, even if the guy had not stepped around and been on the receiving end of the hit, he would have been running way too fast and probably knocked over one of his own players. Right. So it was like it was like menacing to begin with. Right. And then the video, like the video that I saw, it just kind of like cuts to the fight. Right. There's like, there's like a little bit missing in there, but like, it just kind of like cuts to the fight, which I don't really give a shit. Like, you know, you, you, you whatever, hand out your suspensions or whatever, but boys are going to stick up for the boys. But it, it was just the cheap shot. It was unnecessary. And uh, apparently, I, I mean, I don't even know where Binghamton is. Where's Binghamton? Binghamton, uh, you're, you're going to hop on the, uh, the Pennsylvania turnpike and, uh, oh, God. You're, yeah, you're, I don't, it's, it's basically like if you, if you were driving, uh, it, it's like three hours North of Scranton, maybe at midnight, maybe, maybe like two hours North of Scranton. Okay. Way, so they're, they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, it, it goes like Scranton, Binghamton, and then like you're on your way up to Syracuse. So okay. Well, I mean, maybe is like there is like a like a rivalry element there. Like, are they like, is it like just a shithole? Like, like what's going on? Uh, I I would imagine that there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a rivalry between Binghamton and Albany, just like as like cities of New York, just like okay, 
like small gritty cities that like everyone's sure. like, I really don't want to go there. Um, not, not like the lacrosse programs, but I'm just talking about, no, like, no, no, I'm just saying like, like just like, like no, the cities, no, no, like always no, say Binghamton yeah. guy though. I'm an Albany. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. I, now, now I don't know that for sure, but I would imagine because like both of them are places that like, like no one, it, they're not destination cities to say the sure. least. Okay. Um, yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to having a destination wedding in now, Albany, New York. Now, now I, now I do have, a, a couple of of issues with with some things that you said uh-huh. naturally um one listen if you're a coach who runs the box for your oh, no. team you oh, are no. telling all of your guys oh, you are God. sprinting on and off the field you have that little extra second that you waste if you're only coming off at 80 percent uh-huh. We could have we could have had our midi on there to clear the ball. We could have got a little bit of a jump. We would have had a fast break. That would have been a goal the other way. So, my man hauling ass off the field, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Another thing to respect. Uh, so our good pal Patrick McEwen, aka at Lax Film Room on Twitter, as he so uh, helpfully pointed out. One of the points of emphasis in the 2021-22 NCAA rules is that the player exiting the field has the right of way in the sub box. So you're saying that there are all these people at the box that he should have known to slow down or known to get out of the way, but all those people in the box should have been the ones to get out of the way. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that this kid just accidentally blew the fuck Uh. up. Albany guy like he clearly leaned into him and he clearly dropped the hammer and it was clearly out of frustration after Binghamton was getting their dicks kicked in that's besides the point right now because uh according to the rules the substitution area is only for coaches and for players who are about to substitute imminent substitution occurs when the exiting players within 10 yards of the substitution box the exiting player has the right of way so he was within his rules, within his rights to drill the shit out of that dude. Now, is it still a dick move? Absolutely. And like that's why Dehoga and the rest of the Danes throwing down afterwards, totally justified. Like it, it was it was a greaseball move that deserves a response from the boys. Mm-hmm. So basically what I'm saying is was it a totally illegal play? Not really. Was it for sure a dirtbag grease? It's a dirtbag move. Yeah. For, for sure. Yes. Does it was the fight justified? Absolutely. So everything that happened there, like you don't necessarily have to like you don't have to love it. You don't have to hate it. Like I, I think everything that happened was all justified. So he had the right of way. Didn't need to blow him up, but he did because he was pissed that Binghamton was getting fucking shelled. And then DeHoga was like, well, you're not going to do that. And I'm just way bigger, better, and tougher than you are. So we're going to have to settle this one way or another. And, you know, a little dust up occurs and, you know, a couple guys get hit with a, some sussies and then everyone moves on. So I, I thought that, like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everything that went on there. I think it all it all happened and it was all taken care of the way that it should have been. I wouldn't have given anyone a suspension for that. Um, but I, I understand that that's, that's just the world that we live in these days where, uh, you know, sometimes we, we gotta be, gotta be a little careful with our boys and girls in college lacrosse. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So it, I'm glad we agree that it's a dirtbag move. I don't really care. You're like, you know, you're you're like the whole like. Mm, well, it's not necessarily inside of the rules, whatever. You know, it's not necessarily like outside. Like, yes, my follow through on an over the head check is, you know, I'm only going for the stick, right? But if I'm at, if I happen to catch the guy's ankle, you know, and just absolutely just shear his ankle off of his off of his body, well, it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, it's you know, it's just part of my follow through, right? It's not. You know, is it a dirtbag move? Yeah. Is it necessarily like outside the legality? Well, what's his ankle doing in front of my stick? Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't, it wasn't my intention. Right. So like the intention has to do a lot with it here. He had a, he had a terrible intention going through it and you just like, you're watching the video and you're like, I know what's about to happen. And to me, that overrides like, well, is it necessarily illegal? Like, no, it's like that his intention was to be a fucking dick. Well, you know, and, and, and I agree. And I, and I think like, I know you're happened, agreeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know and, you're agreeing. And, I'm just saying that it, it, it like severely overrides the fucking rule book. Oh, yeah. But, but I think in, in that case, like that, that's why the, the little dust up was a perfect way yeah. to handle it. Be, like, I, I think that it's then on the players to kind of handle it amongst themselves. Yep. And, and kind which of, they should like, totally have, they should just let them, they should just let the boys drop gloves. Yeah, and 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 maybe not drop like like if this happened in the PLL, there would not be any so like I I get that it's different between yep. college and pros, but I I I think in these situations, like again, like if if a defenseman is going over the head, misses, but like takes a little bit of liberties and just like crushes your ankle, like I I think that you're like within your right for the next time, like you know you you catch a ball for a step down and you see that defender sliding over to you to kind of maybe like aim a little bit like towards you know just kind of drill them in the thigh a little bit. So that's the players handling um, um, amongst themselves. So I think. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think between two gritty, like real uh Rust Belt New York teams like Albany and Binghamton, it was it was a it was a perfect little uh uh just uh I don't know, perfect metaphor for for those cities and uh representation of everything that they have to offer. And in the meantime, Tahoga obviously put up like a billion points and probably made sports center again. I don't know if he made sports center on that one. He's been on sports center quite a few times. So we're going to have to talk to Hoagie about that one at some point this year. Um, we'll get him on soon. Uh, trying to think. Yeah. Other than that, um, I don't know. We took off last week. I don't know if I necessarily want to talk too much about this just because it, at this point has been exhausted enough at this point. Um, the, the Scott Moore comments, I, I think, uh, I don't know. They, they got I mean, more. so we 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 talked we, we talked about this. So if you took the headline and you ran with the headline, which Mia culpa, I did. I took the headline, I read the headline, and I didn't watch the video. I took the headline, I ran with it. I was like, well, I don't agree. You know, because the headline said, you know, he didn't like the transfer portal because it because it lets kids run away from the problems. Sure, that is literally a microcosm of his entire statement. His entire statement was essentially. You know, uh, if if the player is not fitting in, or you know, there's an academic reason, or you know, he just he comes to the coach and says, "Coach, it's not working out." And it's like, yes, I'll sign that release, but like, you know, kids who haven't tried to work it out 
or put in the effort to, to, to make, you know, to change up what they're doing. And, 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 and the kids who don't put any effort and are like, I'll just go somewhere else. You know, I, I totally get that. You know, I, I, I get that, you know, you come and you're like, well, I was a highly touted recruit and now I'm sitting behind, you know, four guys playing attack. Like what, what the fuck? Like I'm, I'm the bee's knees, bro. It's like, no, you have to come here and fucking work for it and show that you can play. And he was like, well, fucking go transfer to some no name D D two school. Like nobody gives a fuck, you know? So, but you know, I, and I think that he, I think that a lot of these coaches are tired of that attitude. Um, and I don't think that, I think a lot of people took that as like, like Scott Marr was like talking shit about TD. It was like, no, it was more like he supported what TD was doing actually, you know, like, Hey, I signed the release for that kid because he wanted to go to fucking Yale and get a degree from an Ivy league school. Okay. Awesome. I, I, I would say, uh, whatever publication that was that initially put out the head, like definitely, definitely did him dirty there. Greasy. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find someone who actually took the time to listen to his full comments on that and like, wouldn't come away being like, yeah, you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. Like he, the, the, the things that he said were all like, you know, very, very much focused on helping these kids make the best decisions for themselves in life instead of just, um, you know, being upset that they're not getting the playing time that they think that they deserve, even though they don't put in the work. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and that all happened, but you know, we took the week off, but that was, you know, probably one of the bigger things that happened. Uh, I mean, what a hilarious week to, to take off because like literally no game was good. Yeah. There was not a single, there was just not a single game that was good. I, we, I scrolled through it. I was like, did anybody watch the game? And I was like, I asked one of my buddies, do you watch any games last week? He was like, no. Yeah. I I just, I I didn't want to. I, I bet Penn State probably wishes that we took this week off too. <laughs> Penn State has been taking several weeks off, actually. Oh. It seems like. When are they not going to take a week uh, off? Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Mac O'Keefe, we still love you. Come on the pod. I love uh, you, Mac. <laughs> well, outside of the college game, uh, so, you know, as this Duke Cuse game was going on, so was the PLL entry draft. Um, all right. So, so there was already the expansion draft. And now this is the entry draft. So I think, actually, I think when we were talking about the expansion draft the first time a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, I think that we had it confused at that point. We were more so talking about the entry draft. Well, rightfully so, because both of us uh, are, are working with like half of a brain. So like, you know, together we, we still couldn't figure it out, but we love the well, PLL, it, what it, they're doing. Yeah, and, and, and it's not like, it's not like adding, um, no, like, it's just like it's two not like separate adding, half it's, brains. It's not adding half and half. It's like multiplying half and half, which I think makes a quarter of a brain, if yeah. my math is correct on that one. Um, but so the entry draft was last night. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I would imagine that uh, no one was very shocked when it turns out that Lyle Thompson, taken off the board, number one, he will be uh, the headline player for the Boston Cannons. Um, I mean, again, like not surprising at all, but I, I'm just, I'm so goddamn glad that we didn't get surprised by that because that, that would just, I, I think that there are probably some people out there holding out a little bit of hope that Lyle would end up on the chaos playing, um, you know, with, with a bunch of those Albany guys, but I mean, Fields is already gone. Um, obviously, you, you know, you'd have, 
miles there. But um, I don't know. I, I think if, if you're bringing over one former MLL team just to start, you got to build around the, you know, the best player in the world, but also obviously de facto at that point uh, from the MLL. So um, Graham Hasek going number two. I, I think that that's, that's a little bit more up your alley for sure. That's just a, a big mean guy who's just going to kick so much ass in the PLL this year. Um, so I, you know, anything you got on, on Lyle or Hasek going one, two, I, th- I think that that's, Pretty much chalk, but um, the the way it it, it should have gone anyway. How do you like the the little the performative uh, Lyle Thompson only signed to the player pool today type shit that was or, or, or the you know not today but like uh, four hours before the entry draft they're like Lyle Thompson has signed to the player pool. Everyone's like, oh my god, thank you. Like you know he was fucking in the player pool. Shut the fuck up. Um, no, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of names on here that, I mean, there's a lot of big names, you know, Graham Hasek, you know, Dan Beccaro, which is a, which a huge name. Uh, I think Beccaro is probably one of the, I mean, he's, he's perfectly rated since he went number three. He's the first attackman or second attackman to go behind, uh, or sorry, first attack when I go behind Lyle because we knew Lyle was going anyway. So um, Liam Burns, uh, you know, saw him on the field the other day, just hanging out, just boys. Uh, but he's he's in he's in prime form. You know, I think the Zach Goodrich pick for the Cannons is crazy. I love that. Um, you got to love a good shorty out there playing. And then, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of great – Mikey Schlosser, um, love seeing Mikey out there, Ryan McNamara, Max Adler. I mean, these are – you know, I mean, these are solid. These are just, it's just a bunch of solid names, right? You know, Brian, I mean, obviously the whip snakes pick, picked up another Maryland guy in uh, Brian Cole and then, you know, Challen Rogers and Kyle Jackson, both going to the chaos. You could have just fucking called that. Why doesn't the chaos just take their team and go play in the NLL if they want to take all these indoor guys? What are, what I, I would love to see the Chouse play with box helmets during the they should. season. I think that that would be at um, this point. Now, now you did mention uh, the, the whip Terps taking uh, a Maryland guy and Brian Cole. Um, they passed a, a few times on a Maryland guy in Colin Heacock. Um, now, so now, confusing, right? Well, See what what I'm wondering here is like I, I do you think that it it's a little bit of Coach Stags being like listen like I need the chemistry between Rambo and um and and Zed to stay as as pure as it is right now like I I think I, I think if you if you add Heacock in there like one of those two guys has to be the odd man out a little bit mm. um, unless unless it's it's a, a very um open relationship but uh i mean i, I could see that I, I could definitely see that you know but with um you know maybe that maybe the whip snakes maybe they cut him a deal or something maybe i i i, I don't know but it, it it's one of those ones where like i i just like the whole time leading up to the entry draft i was like all right like here we go getting the band back together it's going to be heacock and rambo again and then as it started happening, I was like, you know, like, yeah, like it, it probably makes a little bit of sense, you know, back-to-back champs, 
obviously team chemistry is there obviously they they love where they don't want to mess with anything yeah yeah if if you bring a guy in who's who's obviously like you know i don't think like i'm not i'm not trying to say heacock would go in there and like be like a homewrecker and and ruin the team chemistry but i just think it would like add a little too much right like the the balance would be off somehow yeah and i i guess you really don't want to mess up something that that's that's gone so well you know, but at what point, you know, if you, you, you're back-to-back champs, like what, you know, what point do you start taking risks and say like, Hey, let's, let's flex a little bit. Let's, 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 let's flex our roster a little bit. Let's see how this works. But um, I mean, I, I think that the, the Chrome picked up, you know, you know, with, with Stotts and Heacock and uh, good. I, I can't, I can, I look at his, Sean, the goalie, I look at his last name. Scannoni, Scannoni, it literally just, it fucks with me. But he's a he's an absolute beast. Um, I think they picked up. That's I like overall. I like the Chrome's pickups. I mean, obviously, outside of Lyle, right? I like the Chrome's pickups best. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Randy Stotts is going to be one of those guys where if he's a problem. Yeah, like if if you weren't like if you weren't super familiar with him already you're going to watch him play this summer and he's going to be finishing the ball um, just at an insane rate, especially if he's going to be working on that right side with Jordan Wolf. Because, um, you know, Jordan Wolf's always going to draw a slide, which is going to leave Stotts open. And then as long as he has like half of an inch of his hands free, like he's going to be able to find a way to finish on an outdoor net. So, um, yeah, I think Randy Stotts is going to be one of those guys where people are like, holy shit, like, thank God he's in the PLL right now. Um, the only other thing I'll say about the, at least like the only other thing that I have off the top of my head to talk about in the entry draft. Um, I'm, I'm listen, I love Chris Hogan. Like everyone knows that Chris Hogan's my guy. But I am so goddamn happy that he didn't get picked up in this draft, like as like a PR move. Um, like I'm, I'm so glad that the PLL didn't try to force the hands of one of these teams to take him, like just for the headlines. Because one, he doesn't deserve to get picked up in in these three rounds. Like I, I think he deserves a shot to see if he can make a roster for this this summer like absolutely um but a, but a three-round draft where there's already so many incredible players who didn't get picked up i think if someone took chris hogan over any of the names that were in here and also some of the other names that were quote-unquote snubbed from this draft lax twitter would have been bonker it would have been so goddamn hard to keep up with how insanely butthurt everyone would have been so I'm just so thankful that Chris Hogan did not get picked up in this one. And again, I want to see him make a roster for the summer, but not in this draft. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Yeah, I just I don't think that this is the appropriate. I I was just I, but I, I was so would, worried. I, I was so worried though that they would want the headlines to to build. I, you know, I think that it would have been a mistake because we've seen, okay. So we've seen all of these guys play. Um, we we've seen like these MLL guys are fresh in our mind, right? Chris Hogan is, we don't, we don't we're not even concerned. That he, we don't even know if he's picked up lacrosse stick since, you know, since he's been playing football. So like uh, if you know, it would be absolutely insane 
for one of these coaches to pick him, you know, to, to have drafted him where you actually have players who have been crushing in the MLL. Like imagine Brendan Sunday doesn't get picked and Chris Hogan gets picked. I think I, I imagine how many players would drop out of the player pool. Like, fuck that. You know, like the, what is this league about? So I agree. And yeah, if Chris Hogan has the talent and if Chris Hogan has been keeping up with everything, like, yes, absolutely. I'd love for him to see a roster, but like time and a place, right. You know, like he's got a, you know, the time, a time and a place. And, you know, obviously we're not privy to whatever, you know, we're not privy to his fucking life. Like I get that, but um, you know, there's just, there's so much, you know, talent out there that, that just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on Brendan Sunday. So uh, that's, that was one of my, yeah, you know, real, favorite real, picks. Real high shorts. Um, well, he's yeah, high I, shorts because he's, He's eight like feet eight tall. feet tall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, man, man, man's got a lot of quad. Um, so much quad. Yeah, and and I think uh, so. I, I'm pretty sure what happens now is that uh, the cannons they they have like a few days that they get to kind of pick from the player pool, um, kind of all by themselves, and then I think it eventually opens up to to the rest of the league after a couple more. I don't know. I, I think I read that right somewhere. They get to backfill. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I I still think Chris Hogan put him put him on the Cannons roster. It just makes sense. Patriots, Boston, um, see if you can make the roster, and and we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, so o- overall, not a ton of massive surprises in the entry draft. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, you know what what we saw last year. You you can obviously. Uh, you know, you, you can hit it big in the entry draft. I think, uh, you know, I, I think that the fact that the reigning MVP in the league was a entry draft uh, pickup probably uh, speaks for itself on that one. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Lyle Thompson's name in there in the MVP race. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Graham Hasek's name in there in the MVP race. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of these guys in there. So um, just goes to show so much talent in there in, in, pro lacrosse um you know plenty more plenty more expansion to come um but I, but i think a, a, you know slowly building these teams definitely the way to go I, I know that we could easily fill at least one more maybe two more teams with a lot of these names that are in the player pool but let's let's let it build over time um you got anything else on, on the entry draft i think i think that was that was mostly it no i i, I just i think it's interesting I mean, hmm. try. Um, I, I'm. I've never wanted to be the kind of person who shits on the way that we deliver co- people, other people deliver content. Because literally, like what I literally do, I post on Twitter. You, you, you post your meat on Instagram. Not in that way, but like you know what I mean, guys. Um, I don't know about the spaces thing, and I know that like we're trying to use the full functionality of our websites. And like, it's a very cool thing with clubhouse that's been integrated into Twitter. Um, I think that when you've got a lot of people like in different parts of the country, it, it can work in something like that, but maybe, and I know you're testing it out and stuff. And I know Joe, Joe Keeks, he all, he actually does. That is one person that I know listens to our podcast. I know that it's like a new feature and stuff like that. But like when you got different people in different parts of the country with different cellular connections and things like that, I don't know if something as official, official as the entry draft is, is, you know, that's an appropriate space to deliver that content. Although, I mean, I didn't get to hear it, but you said it went okay. Um, uh, no, 
I think that okay would have been uh, uh, a, a little a little generous. Um, to okay. now now to no fault of of Joe or Lisa who were who were hosting the show. Um, those guys are great. Um, just you know the platform itself pretty shaky um you know yeah the, i mean it's the, just the, a guy, the, it's the, kind the, of like a shaky feature and, right it's not like a premiere it's not like a premiere use of the site and 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 i think you know it, it's tough because the pll like they're they're very gung-ho on wanting to be um you know innovative progressive kind of you know push the boundaries in this like new way that people are consuming sports and um you know, and, and, and some of it's good and, and some of it, you know, as we saw with Twitter spaces, with the entry draft, not so much. And it's tough because it's like, listen, if, if you're going to be the first one to do something, like if you're going to be the first league that's going to conduct an entry draft mm-hmm. on Twitter spaces, like you, you gotta know it's, it's going to fuck up. Like the, like the first one to do something like usually dies. Um, yeah, and, and there's you know, going like, to be like, bumps. Like, like I, I, yeah. I'd imagine the first person you got sent to space probably died. So uh, first, I don't know. Do you know that off the top of your head? I'd imagine somewhere in I mean, Russia. How many, animals did, did we, how many animals did we send okay, to space yeah, before so, we so exactly, Yeah, yeah. Well, so exactly. So the first animal who got sent to space died. Probably. I don't, I don't, I don't know that, but I just, I mean, I, I understand, I understand that the, the, the point that you're trying to make here. Hold up. I'm going to say it a little bit more confidently and that way it's definitely going to be a fact. Okay. Okay. Um, so the first animal who got sent to space died. So, you're right. you know, the first, yeah. So the first uh, draft that gets hosted on Twitter space, un- unfortunately a, a bit of a death. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame because, I, I think that the their heart's in the right place, but sometimes I don't know. You, you just sometimes you don't need to be first. Sometimes you you can uh, be content with you know having things work out the kinks and getting around to it later. Um, but yeah, the draft itself, the picks, all great. The way it was delivered, to no fault again of Joe Keeks and Lisa Redman, great people. Um, but just the, the, the platform itself, a little wonky. Um, now, I, I am wondering if some of these teams, so I'm looking around, uh, you know, so it looks like, you know, the Archers, they didn't take an attackman. Uh, it looks like the, uh, the Water Dogs, they didn't take an attackman. I'm wondering if a couple of these teams made sure to not pick up an attackman because there's going to be uh, one particular one coming up very soon in the college draft. Uh, he wears number four at the University of North Carolina, Chris Gray. Uh, so we're going to have to kick it over to our interview with him. Uh, but first, listen, Chris Gray looks great so far this season. He's, he's put up like 30 goals so far in like, you know, eight games. I think he has like close to 50 points. Uh, the only way that he could possibly look any better is if he was rocking some pro athletics gear under his jersey uh so pro athletics you know them you love them talk about them every week uh unreal comfort unreal fit uh you know just the type of shirt that makes you feel good that makes you look good 
and that makes you play good. Uh, they've also got shorts and, and, uh, and a whole bunch of other apparel. Jake, I, I know you're big into pro athletics. You wear them everywhere. You went to dinner tonight. I, I, nice, nice little birthday dinner. If, if, if I heard correctly, I'd imagine you were trying to look your best for that dinner. You probably threw on your nicest pair of pro athletic shorts, pro athletic shirts. You know, there's nothing that makes you feel, uh, you know, nothing makes you feel uh, uh, confident in a product like when you throw it on and you can just get out and do, you know, and that's what pro athletics gives you. Like, yes, I absolutely threw on some pro athletic shorts under my dress pants tonight. It was fucking insane. Uh, and also like, you know, my, my deadlift, my deadlift max, it keeps going up. You know what the common factor is? I throw on my pro athletic shirt before every, every time I'm hitting those deadlifts. So if you want to be, I know we're in the middle of an ad read, but I got to hear numbers. Yep. If, if you're going to talk about it, I mean, I I'm, I'm, up to, I'm up to 350. All right. I'm up to 350, just traditional grip. I'm, I'm moving to four. I'm, I'm going to be at 405 in no time. All right. I think I could do 405 next week and who knows. And you know what? The common factor, nutrition one, pro athletics. That's number two. So you know what? I'm going to keep those things in my life forever and always pro athletics. And Jordy, do you know where you can get pro athletics gear? Well, there's this crazy thing called the internet that Steve jobs once invented. And if you hop onto the internet and go to proathletics.com, you can see their entire line of apparel and you can get whatever you want on their website shipped directly to you. And even better, you can get it for 10% off. All you have to do is put in the promo code CREASEDIVE. That is going to be all lowercase. Uh, so, I mean, 10% off. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good. We all know that that equation ends in playing good. So, it's going to get you where you need to be. Pro Athletics, promo code CREASEDIVE. And now we're going to kick it on over to our interview with Chris Gray. All right. And joining us now, we've got a guy making his second appearance on the podcast, but his first after making the move from Boston University down to Chapel Hill. We've got Chris Gray making his return to the show. Chris, thanks for joining us. And uh, how's it going, bud? It's going well. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great to be back. It's been too long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a real long time. Um, a lot of things have changed since the last time that you've come on the show. Uh, but one thing that has not changed is you are just uh, an absolute terror for defenders and goalies that you're going up against. So in the middle of another uh, just prolific season, if you will, 30 goals, 23 assists. That's uh, as long as inside lacrosse has their stats right, which they usually do. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, you're playing well personally. The boys are playing well as a team, 8-0 on the season. So, um, you know, how's, how's everything feeling early on this year? Yeah, it's, it's going great. I mean, it's just given everything going on right now, it's great that we have eight games under our belt um, with no cancellations. Uh, it really just speaks to the fact that, you know, we've been doing a great job staying healthy, which is always good. Um, but like, like I said, it's, it's just been an interesting year. So just playing these games is, is always fun. You know, we've we've talked to a couple of different guys um, this this year in, across different programs, and they're all kind of, you know, they're doing their best to to maintain while COVID kind of, uh, you know, rages on or whatnot. Um, are you guys doing anything different? Uh, different in that, like, for example, I know a guy 
uh, at Ohio State, you said that they kind of had like a pod of guys that they'd work out with, you know, the same four or five guys rather than kind of changing it up and, you know, working out with, you know, everyone at once. Is there anything, you know, different you guys are doing to, you know, mitigate these extenuating circumstances? Yeah, we started off with the pods when we first came back, um, just so we got our, you know, our testing done and everyone tested negative. Then we were able to kind of get into team activity. Um, and then we've kind of just had our own team bubble going for the, the whole season, which has worked really well. Um, you know, we really haven't had any COVID tests. So that's really all you can ask for right now, given everything going on. You got no knuckleheads? Everybody's everybody's being being accountable? Like, oh, you know, so-and-so. Uh, I saw that guy out last night. Like, maybe we need to, you know, beat his ass or something like that. You know, endangering the season. No knuckleheads or anything like that. It's funny. I mean, you would you would think so, but honestly, there's been none. I think our guys are all so bought in that no one really wants to risk it, and everyone kind of knows um, how quick the season can end, just like we saw last year. So it's really just a matter of getting on the field for us. I've always, I've always said that you know guys operate best under like you know the threat of their season being closed. So you know, pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great way to sum it up. It's just, there's so much on the line. So I, I think everyone, you know, for most teams, everyone's just so bought in. We just want to play lacrosse. So. Yeah. It, it's great. Like there, there are some people out there that are just like, so still like upset that, that things are, are getting back to North. Like, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit different down where you're at, but like, like at the, like the high school level, like there are still like some people that are like, ah, oh, like these kids shouldn't be playing. They're going to get all these, you know, all, all their parents sick. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely good to see you guys uh, getting back after it. And, you know, especially after the year that you guys were having last year. So you guys go seven games to start the season uh, before everything gets canceled. UNC seven and oh, right off the bat, hot start. So, um, you know, right now you're, you're 15 and now in, in your UNC career. So, uh, you know, sh- shout out to, uh, coach Bresci for, for making that happen. Seemed like a, like a good call to bring you in. Um, now, you know, so after last season gets canceled, obviously bitter for everyone around the country. Um, but I, I'd, I'd imagine may- maybe not like more bitter for you, but like, like a, a little different bitter for you. Like you, you go to a new school, um, you seem to be fitting in right away, uh, you know, getting your points that that attack unit with with you and Nikki Solomon just going off, um, and you know you you have a chance that it looks like you guys are a legitimate national contender, and then that gets taken away from you. So I don't want to like bring up bad memories, but like when everything got shut down last year, um, was was there you know how like I guess like how bitter was that? Yeah, I mean, it sucked, just to put it flat out. There was no other, you know, no other way of getting around it. Just having the season that we did, and for me, just being a new transfer, just getting to experience Chapel Hill, uh, the guys on the team, it was it was all just going so well, and it just came to an abrupt end. So it was really hard, you know, just pack up and go home um, and stop playing lacrosse for the rest of the year. But uh, just made it even sweeter to get back to campus this year and hopefully, you know, continue staying healthy moving forward. You know, uh, Go ahead, Jordy. 
Oh, uh, I was just going to ask, like, you know, like who, who were the guys like, so everything gets, like, did you feel like you were in a, a point in your time at, cause you had all fall ball there as well. So you, I guess you had had enough time with the team, but like, did you feel at that point in your time at UNC, like you were able to kind of be one of those guys to like, Hey, listen, our season got canceled, but like, we still got so much more to accomplish. So like, you know, kind of keeping the boys together and being like, all right, like it's not going to happen this year, but let's get ourselves focused already on next year or, you know, so were, were you, did you feel like you were like a part of that unit, like right away? And, and who were also some of those other guys who like immediately stepped up as leaders? Yeah. I mean, I think the coolest part for me was stepping into a team that was just filled with so many senior leaders, um, captains or not guys just genuinely cared and they wanted what's best for the team. So I think I, you know, I felt, I guess, towards the end of the spring that I was, you know, I was at that point where I can kind of say stuff like that, but, I would point to the fifth, the fifth year midfielders that came back with uh, Cook, Anderson, and Perry. Um, you know, those guys just do an incredible job leading our team, and they did a good job kind of keeping everyone together when we went home during quarantine, whether it was like Zoom calls or, you know, just chatting on the phone. But um, definitely some credit to them there. Um, you know, speaking of the, speaking of those guys uh, and and just the incredible talent that that UNC has. Um, how was it kind of integrating into a, a new environment, you know, new guys, you know, uh, there was, let's, you know, let's be a lot, let's, let's be perfectly honest. You know, you, there was, you know, you got a lot of hype um, with the transfer, a lot of hype going forward. So like, um, you know, was there a kind of, was there any animosity, you know, coming in like, Oh, it's, this guy scored 200 goals before, like, let's see if he can really play. Or was it like, Hey, like we'd love, or was it more welcoming or, or did you feel like you had the, you know, something to prove or anything like that? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I, you know, had to had anything to prove at all. I think the coolest part and one of the main reasons why I chose UNC was the day at the portal I heard from half the team. And then by the time that I committed to the, to uh, come down to UNC, I heard from probably just about every guy on the team. Um, just kind of expressing their their interest and just saying how they're going to be happy to have me and things like that. You know, it means a lot being a transfer to hear that from a guy, a group of guys that you really haven't met before. Um, so really just kind of coming into a, to an atmosphere where I'm welcomed with open arms and guys that are just going to support me. Uh, it was really cool. I mean, I, I always say after my probably like first two or three weeks here, I felt like I knew all the guys on the team for my first two years of college. So that was a, a really cool experience. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm blanking right now, but did did you guys add anyone who transferred in this year after, you know, kind of like a, a similar situation with like uh, Sowers leaving Princeton for Duke? Yeah, McCarthy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, McCarthy oh, right, and okay. Longhead yeah. from BU. And um, okay, yeah. So, I mean that 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 BU to to Chapel Hill pipeline looking pretty good. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I would imagine that, that you were a pretty, pretty good guy for those guys to rely on and kind of showing them the ropes on how to make that move. Um, all right. Yeah. That, I mean, that was just my brain lagging out on me for a minute. So no, no real question there. If you, unless you want to talk <laughs> those guys up a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think in McCarthy's situation, that was pretty unique just because I was able to speak to him on the phone. Um, while he was in the portal going through his process. Um, just coming off a fresh few months there, I was able to give him a pretty realistic perspective, I guess, on the school, the team, and the environment. Um, and I told him there's really no better place to fit in with a group of guys for a one-year you know, lacrosse experience. And since then, he, he lives actually right next door to me, and he's fit right in with the team, and he's a great guy. So 
And the same with Colin. Colin came in a little bit later as a freshman, soft, he's a sophomore, but he's got freshman eligibility. Um, and he fit right in with the team as well. It's just such a, such an accepting group of guys, which is, you know, really cool. Um, does that, you know, there, I asked a bunch of people on Twitter, I asked people on Twitter to, to, if they had any questions for you. So most of them suck because people on the internet are awful. Um, <laughs> but one of them is actually pretty good. He said that uh, he's noticed Carolina has played up to five attackmen in close games this year. Is it harder for you to get into a rhythm doing this? And how are things clicking so well? I don't know if you yeah, played up to five, question. but but I just I assume he's probably this. You know, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's good. Uh, yeah, I mean he's pretty spot on. I think we've played four or five attackmen um, down to four now. Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's hard to you know to get into a flow or rhythm. We just have so much experience and practice together, just rotating different lines and whatnot. Um, but another really interesting thing is just coming down to Chapel Hill and just seeing everyone play and you know, their strengths and whatnot. It's everyone just plays so well together that it doesn't really matter who's on the field. It's just the chemistry at the end of the day that's going to drive um, everyone. So I would say to answer his question, no, it's, you know, it's not really hard at all and it doesn't mess up the rhythm. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, obviously the teals, the, well, the teals, the Tar Heels, that's, wow. That, that's what Did I was you just going invent with something? I'm just inventing that invent, one right you there. You just invented that He's one right something. Yep. Yeah, yep. he is. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina Blue Teals. So obviously the Tar Heels are, uh, you guys are playing some great team offense, but every once in a while you need some players to make some sick individual efforts. Now, number four, he'll, he'll make a few of those from time to time. And uh, that goal against Virginia, the little backhand from, I, I'd, I'd call that probably 12, uh, could have even looked like 13 to 14, depending on what angle you were watching it on the broadcast. Um, now goals like that, like obviously like that's growing up in the backyard or, you know, go into, you know, whatever net you shoot on and just dicking around. Um, now are, are, are those, I, I feel like you have to kind of earn the green light on those ones, but let me know right now. Like, is there still a little part of you in the back of your head where right as you're about to pull the trigger on that shot, like, if if that gets popcorned and sent for a, a fast break the other way, are are you are you a little are you avoiding eye contact with Coach Bresci? One hundred percent. I'm not looking at the sideline. I'm staying on the other <laughs> side of the field. Um, you know, as much as I would like to say that, you know, that's practice and, and repetition. I think it's like twenty percent backyard and eighty percent luck. So uh, I was fortunate for that one to uh, to go in. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those ones where like if that doesn't go in and you're an attackman you almost have to run down the other end of the field and play defense because like if the ball goes down the other end of the field and you're an attackman and you're stuck just standing there at midline for your coach to just ream you out. Um, but no, I mean, probably like my favorite goal of the season so far, just because I love, I just love when guys are able to be creative and like, yeah, like fundamentals, listen to all, all you middle school and high school coaches out there. Like, yeah, fundamentals are important but having the, uh, the, the ability to be creative and like the confidence to be creative. I love that in the sport. So, um, and, and you've had, you've had a few of those in your career at BU. You've also had a few, um, you know, while, while at UNC, a, a lot of cross-handed goals as well, you know, maybe not like a lot, but enough to at least make a, uh, a note of it. Um, so like, you know, that, that creativity in your game, um, you know, is, is that just, 
I don't know. I, I guess talk us through it a little bit. I hate like the talk us through through it questions because it's like kind of like a give up. But um, you know, like just I, I feel like that's just more you being like like a gritty guy who's who's getting to spots and like you might not be able to be fundamental in the spots that you get to. So you got to go cross hand sometimes. So uh, is that something that's always been a part of your game? Have you picked it up more as you've gotten a little bit older and more experienced? So I'll give you the floor now. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more just being creative and not necessarily flashy in any manner. I think it's really just, you know, however you're going to get the best shot or the best pass off is the most efficient way to do it. Um, in that case, I definitely felt like I couldn't shoot it righty, so I didn't really have time to roll back to my left either. There was a, you know, a guy pretty close to me, so I just felt like that was the best way to get it off. And like I said, it's I, I never really think of them as, as flashy plays, but really just more efficient plays. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's certainly one way to put it. No, you no, know. no. I listen. The, <laughs> the defenseman on the podcast isn't gonna. No, that is a hundred percent true. I like again. Like if if this is like a fast break, like there there was the uh, there was the viral clip like a couple seasons ago where you know uh, faceoff guy comes down, BTBs to the point guy, BTB down low, BTB across. Like that's like, yeah, that, was in, like that was in Georgia. I hate those kids. Yeah, so that's like, like so, that that's some like unnecessary sauce. But when you're okay, almost positive, that's Nikki Solomon's high school that did that. Yeah, it was it was Centennial. Wow. There's there's. Yeah, they they're notorious for running up the score like 28, 27. It's hilarious. Right, they, so they'll put the throw the I, I have I had beef with 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 getting run up on like that. But go ahead. So we when just, we see when we see Nikki Solomon throw some sauce this season, we know yeah. he he's doing it to be a prick. But when Chris Gray is <laughs> doing it, he's doing it because it's the only thing, the only option that he has left. He wants to be fundamental, but he can't. Uh-huh. Nikki Solomon just That's wants to great. make a, make it's a point. It's all flash, right? Nikki's all flash. Yeah, Nikki and Nate are That's both all funny. flash, right? Is that what we're saying here? N- Nikki Solomon, bad role model for the kids. Chris Gray, <laughs> all for the kids. <laughs> all fundamentals. Well, Diggs want you know Diggs tape, Mikey Diggs. Um, he he responded and he wants to know why you insisted on shooting that near pipe step back from the far wing when you were playing Hopkins in 2020. Uh, he said he's never he's never recovered from it and he deserves answers. I apologize to him. Uh, he's a great guy. I always love seeing his stuff on Twitter and Instagram. But why did I do it? Uh, don't really have an answer to that. Just had to do it, it to him. Kind of wanted it to. Just wanted it to go in the net, and you know, fortunately enough, it did. Look at this guy, Jordy. Could you hear this? He said he's just he, the way he talks is as if you know it just it comes so easy to him. He's like, I don't know. I just kind of toss the ball towards the net, and it goes in. That's it. It's it's remarkable to hear this. <laughs> it's, it's 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 unfortunate that it had to happen, but it just did. Yeah, had to do it to him. That's what he's saying. That's fair. Um, That's a fair answer. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of Nikki, who, who are you living with these days? Are you, are you living with lacrosse players? Are you living on your own? Do you, do you in the attack unit just kind of share a studio apartment? What's going on? (laughs) Uh, no, I, I moved right into a off campus house with four of the other guys in my class. Are they, they all, all neat guys? Like, obviously this is a, uh, I, I don't want to give too much away here. Um, but you know, just kind of looking at your background, it's, it's, pretty neat, pretty organized. Uh, you know, we can't, can't really say the same for some of the other guests that we've had on the podcast. Uh, I'm not going to name names, Drake Porter. Um, but uh, terrible. 
rest rest of the guys you live with pretty neat. Like I, I feel like that's I feel like Brescia probably doesn't recruit kids who are absolute slobs. No, we actually we have a great house. I mean, we have two Connecticut guys, Ryan O'Connell and Sean Morris, um, Alex Trippy, Virginia guy, and then Kyle Colwich from uh, Canada. So it's you know a nice diverse household, I would say. Yeah, you get kind of like the wafting of maple syrup from the Canadian guy walking around. So it's perfect. Exactly, and he brings great humor. So you can't really ask for much more. Oh, it's uh, they they are. It's, that's that's what we found is the Canadians often have the the strangest but funniest sense of humor. Any 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 poutine? Yeah. <laughs> any what? <laughs> poutine, poutine. It's uh, you you don't know what that is. It's the with Canadians. It's so it's, it's Canadian French, delicacy. It's French fries that has uh gravy on top and curds. Disgusting. Oh, that's not for me. That's for sure. Chris Kluche, I I feel like it's only a matter of time before Kluche opens up a poutinery in Chapel Hill. So I'll have to ask Kyle about that. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it, it he actually like be ready that he'll be pissed at you that you don't know it already because like that's like that's it like you asking him like what is poutine would be like him asking you as a Long Island guy like what are bagels. Oh, that's tough. Um, any of you guys throw down in the kitchen at all? Are you cooking some? Are you cooking some Sunday dinners? Uh, I would say, if anything, Kyle is definitely. Um, I mean, I'm pretty basic with what I cook. Just stick to like chicken and stuff like that. But he's always whipping up like these crazy like burrito wraps and whatnot. So he he definitely provides for the house, chicken parm, you name it. Oh, he's doing the Paul Carcaterra chicken parm <laughs> recipe. The Paul Carcaterra. <laughs> that man's wild. Man, man was raised on chicken parm. Um, Oh, you know what? I actually have a, a a very important question here. So everyone, everyone, buckle in. Oh no! This one is um, super serious, and this one is obviously a question that everyone has been dying to know. Uh, so the high school team that I coach. Oh no! I I run the man up for our team, and uh, so I, there there was a play that I saw you guys run. I believe it was against High Point that I stole, and it involves uh, <laughs> the the top center guy kind of cuts in almost makes it look like a kind of like a fake slip. And then as the top right guy carries over, he'll push it over to the lefties. And then that top center guy will then cut down through the crease for a feed from one of the lefties. Do you know what play I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So my question out of this, will you give me the entire North Carolina man up playbook? because that'll make my job a whole lot easier. So the question that everyone's been dying to know. That's funny. I would, I would probably have to have Coach Metz sign like a permission slip or something like that for me to dish out the plays. But uh, I would love to help you out. But I think that's more of the Coach Metz. <laughs> yeah, you guys, like, you, you guys scored on that right away. And I, it was like right – like I, I had to like run to practice right before. And I was like, oh, yep, there we go. That's the play that we're running this year. It's funny because I remember in high school, I, was it high school? I don't know. But a coach definitely told me that good coaches steal from better coaches. So, uh, you know, right. if you're taking the plays and putting them in, that's that's perfect. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I'll take from any coach. So they, they, they could be, they could be sure. better coaches. They could be where I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm taking plays all over. I'm not designing my own. Um, if it makes, what, what, what's, what's this coach's name? Coach Metzbauer. Okay. So, all right. So we, I, I, I did 
give credit where credit's due. Like we we call it Carolina, but maybe maybe we'll we'll call it. You're giving away all your trade secrets here. Me? Uh, this, yeah, the scout. I mean, yeah, you're giving away all your trade secrets here. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm team scouting you. They're known. Yeah, they're going to be scouting you. They're going to be like, listen, Springfield runs this man up. All right, we're just going to fucking crush him. Okay. You're telegraphing this, it. No, this, this play is real good. Like this play, you get so many different looks and you, you can, you can, you can kick it out. It can turn into a wheel on the backside. I don't know if you guys explored that one yet, but it's possible. Um, so listen, if actually, if you guys want to bring me in, then we can do that. Um, but yeah, I think that's enough that everyone listening at home cares to hear about my high school team. Um, all right. So <laughs> Jake, do you, do you have anything? I'm, uh, now I'm just thinking about all the other options that I have to run out of that. So I need you. Yeah. To you're like, Oh shit. For me. You're, you're, you're cranky. You're all over the place. Um, no, let's go back to high point. Um, that is, I, I, I will I will contend that that high point UNC game was one of the best games that I've seen in recent memory, the Tuesday game. Um, what is it like playing high point? Because they seem to give everybody a little bit of trouble. And every team that they played, you know, right in their, their February, uh, early March. Um, can, you, can you walk us through that game a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think we played them three times this year. So we played them two regular season games. We picked them up because uh, I think the second one was supposed to be St. Bonaventure. Um, and then we actually scrimmaged them in January. So that was our, like, third time going against them. But, yeah, that first game, they're – you know, they just do everything so well. Um, and they play super hard. So you can't really – if you mess up a play on offense or you turn the ball over, you know they're going to, you know, go down and probably score. They're uh, – they – they're pretty opportunistic like that, I would say. Um, but it really just comes back to how hard they play. They're well coached. They have uh, great players on offense, great players on defense. So they're, they're definitely um, a team you can't take lightly, that's for sure. Yeah. What do you think you – know, go ahead. Because well, I'm, always, I'm, I'm always talking about this. All, and I, I, like to, I like to ask pretty much everybody because everybody gives me a different answer. What do you think takes a team that's kind of like on the cusp, like high point, and pushes them over the edge to somebody who can compete with the perennial powerhouses. I would say just being relentless. I mean, speaking from that Tuesday game, it just felt like even if we were like three or four goals up, they were just right behind us. Um, just cause you know, they're not going to give up until the game's over. So I think, uh, you know, having that identity as a team is, you know, pretty beneficial. Yeah. Um, Solid what, answer. What I, what I was going to ask uh, in that game, uh, one of the best moments. I actually, I don't know if it was that game or yeah, it was. It was definitely that one. Um, so a, a, a failed clear turns into a high point coming back down in you know somewhat transition, a little bit of a jumbled play, and uh, Colin Cree comes out with a uh, with a crazy diving save. Um, great year out of him so far. Um, Beast mode. And uh, pr- pretty sure he's a, he's another Long Island kid as well. Correct. Um, so yeah, he's a Melville guy. So, uh, you know, just, you, you know, what, what is, what is he like, uh, you know, as a teammate and as a kid, uh, is, is he like your typical goalie who's wired uh, Psycho. A, a little, little, little cross wired, if you will. <laughs> yeah, he's been great. I mean, he's, he's outstanding. Just even like, I'm thinking back to practice today, like the saves he makes, you just, I mean, at this point, I just kind of say like, Oh, I expect that just cause you see all the crazy saves he makes. Um, and he's a great kid too. Really nice guy. Um, great addition to the team. And to answer your question, yes, he's wired completely like a goalie and he'll be the first to tell you that. I think after the Virginia game, one of the accounts caught a clip of him just like singing and dancing in the net when he 
when the ball was on the other end, and that really just sums up his personality. They've got they've all got something wrong with them, dude. Uh, that's the only explanation. Like I, so goalies and and faceoff guys are obviously like they're both like the weirdest guys on the team. But I feel like goalies though they're always like goalies are the guys who like at if if you're at a party and you don't know this guy, you leave being like, thank God I met that guy. Like that's like a fun guy. Faceoff guys are the weird guys where like if if you meet them at a party and you're a straight, you're like. I don't know like how much more of this guy I really want to see. So um, I, I don't know if you guys agree with that. I probably not going to make a, a lot of friends in the face-off community with that comparison, but you, you never will like, like they're good, good chaos and, and evil chaos. And I feel like goalies are, are, are good face-off guys, little, little more evil. Yeah, that's right on. I mean, every, Every team needs one. You need you need your goalies and your face-off guys to keep the team going, keep them uh, entertained. So uh, I know ours are great. Wouldn't trade them for anyone. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. They, they're they're always they're always just so hard to, to really get a peg on. Um, all right, so looking forward into the season um you know you guys obviously off to to a nice eight and no start great place to be uh you've already got one acc game under your belt so far this season obviously we, we touched on that virginia game a little bit with that backhand rip uh but you got a full acc slate of games ahead of you um now obviously like I, I know the coach speak in you is we're taking it one game at a time, but I feel like you guys are at a point now where it's like pretty much a guarantee UNC will be a, a tournament team. Um, did, did you get a chance to play in the tournament at all while you were in BU? Did, okay. No. So, so this, this would be like your, your first chance of, uh, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament again, I, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We know that, but I think with the team that you guys have, you're in a pretty good position to be there. Um, I, now I, I'd imagine growing up, like always a bit of a dream of yours. Um, so like, is that obviously something that like you, you think about every once in a while, you know, as the, as the season keeps going on and, and getting there and, you know, hopefully getting a little closer to Memorial day weekend. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just kind of, just growing up, I guess, watching, you know, the final four and just the whole tournament, the quarterfinals, just that whole experience, obviously, with the fans there. Hopefully, there'll be fans uh, that are able to go this year. But it's just, it's just a really great atmosphere. Um, so just being able to play in that would be, uh, yeah, an incredible opportunity. Is it – trying to trying to think about this. I'm trying to word it in such a way where, where you don't have to go through the, what, okay. I'll just take it in a different direction. Well, are you particularly excited about a, a matchup or a game going forward? Because, you know, right now I think everyone has their eyes on the UNC Duke game on April 1st, right? You've seen what Duke has, you know, what kind of firepower they have in, in, in Sowers and O'Neill, um, you know, JT Giles Harris, you know, I, I assume you two will become very friendly, 
um, by the end of by the end of it. Great guy, by the way. Great guy. We had him on the pod. Um, is that a game that you're looking forward to? Is is that like the game that you guys, you know, yeah, you're like, ah, oh, one game at a time, but like that's kind of an important game. So is, you know, how, how do you feel about, how do you feel about Duke? How do you feel about the rest of the conference? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely going to be a great game. Um, great one to watch, great one to play in. But I would t- answer your question. I would say really just any ACC game, just because how competitive it is this year. I mean, yep. every team's in the top 10. So it's really hard to just pinpoint one team and say, you know, we want this game. Um, obviously you want to win every game, but just the competitive nature of the league. I think everyone just, uh, everyone just wants to play our- everyone and everyone wants to win. So I uh, got to really focus on one at a time. I know uh, Jordy hates that one, but uh, it's the way we're working. with. I it. mean, it's, it's true though. You know, the ACC is so loaded and, and, you know, if you, if you put too much focus in the one game, you know, you don't want, you know, your efforts to, to suffer and you get snuck up on in another one. So I totally get that. And it, it's certainly thing. not go I, ahead, go ahead, Jordy, whatever. I, I, I don't hate one game at a time when like, the ACC, it can be one game at a time because all these teams are absolute wagons. So like you all, you like, you have to take it. Like I have an issue with like one game at a time when it's like, okay, like, all right, well, I, I don't want to th- trying to think about like what team I don't care about. Yeah. Who are you about to, who are you about to shit on? Real okay. Quick. You're about to roast someone. So, <laughs> yeah. He was so, about to shit. <laughs> so, so if it's like, Hey, like we got a game against Wagner coming up and Hey, we're taking it one game at a time. And it's like, you guys aren't taking Wagner one game at a time. Like that's, you know, again, no offense to Wagner, but we're probably not going to have any of those guys on. Um, but like what, what I'm saying is it, so you can take it one game at a time in the ACC because like you have to, because if you don't like any of these teams, like the cliche there, anyone can beat anyone. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, I, I think that the lacrosse world is uh, super pumped for all these games in, in the ACC coming up because they're all going to be absolute battles. Um, I don't particularly feel um envious of of you of some of the defenders that you'll have to go up against but i i know that you'll uh you'll you'll probably leave them on the wrong end of some highlight tapes as well so that's my little spiel on one game at a time coach speak i mean what what do you do you want me to fucking etch it into stone or something like nobody is listening that that well like we're like we you you did if there's someone driving in their car right now from Chapel Hill to Duke, that yeah. entire uh, that entire spiel would have taken them the time that it got to go from point A to point B, and now they're getting out of their car on Thursday, April first, and they're ready for the game. So you're welcome. Killed that time for you. You'll never get it back. I, th- I feel like a lot of people listening, they get to the end of the crease dive and they're like, you know what? There's an hour and twenty minutes. I'll never have. I'll never have again. But then they go back and they listen to it again. They listen to it again. They're like, ah, oh, they drew me in with another interview. Here's Chris Gray. I got to listen to him and I got to get through fucking Jordy and Jake talking shit <laughs> about whatever again. So Chris, so when you guys do play Syracuse, you know, in the dome, because somehow can we, can we also say how wild this is? How, how many games Syracuse gets to play in the dome, which is just fucking astronomical. It's kind of weird. But when you drop three or four on Drake Porter's head, will you tell him <laughs> Will you just tell him that Jordy and Jake said hello? That's all. That's all you need to say. Jordy and Jake said hello, Drake, and he's gonna look you in the face, and he's gonna be like, "I'm never going on their podcast again." So, you you you, you won't you won't do it. You won't you won't remember. But just think about it. Like 
the crease dive guys wanted me to talk shit to Drake Porter. <laughs> Do you talk? Sh- did you guys have him on recently? Yeah, we did. We, yeah, it was we, a couple weeks ago with uh, Jake Fop, who is the self-described worst lacrosse player uh, of all time. That he he said that about himself. I was like, all right, all right, dude. But anyway, do you do you talk shit on the field or or? or... That was my next question. Was like, are yeah. you a shit talker? Because I feel like I feel like you can be. I, I would welcome it. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone is kind of if if they get pushed to that point. Um, That's a yes. You know, I guess it kind of depends on the game and and whatnot. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I I definitely am not going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> Now, do you talk more trash like when you do something to your defender or are you going to be chirping other defenders who are getting cooked by your teammates? No, that's a good question. For some reason, I want to say when my teammate smokes another guy just because it's like, I don't know, I kind of just enjoy watching that, you know, just seeing the whole play unfold. It's a pretty good ammunition to, to go on. I mean, when Nikki Solomon dumps one behind the back and, you know, you're going to pat, you know, pat his defender on the back, like maybe next time, but, you know. Some something like that, like that's that's yeah, kind of exactly okay. Yeah, yeah. Something like I, I that, take is, that is always greater. That's the most you know, running by the goalie or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the most ruthless one. That's terrible. Oh, that's awful. Good. I, I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll uh, we'll have to see if ESPN or ACC Network decides to mic up the boys for this game against Duke. And uh, if if so, you can let some of those chirps fly. I, I know that JT will probably be letting them go as well. Um, now, listen, Chris, we appreciate your time, but we we don't want to take up too much of it anymore, uh, mainly because I'm too poor to uh, get ourselves the unlimited Zoom account. So we only really have 40 minutes here to work with. So if anyone's been wondering why all of our interviews are like strictly 40 minutes on the dot, it's because uh, that's when my Zoom caps out on. Um, but UNC, you guys will be back in action next week against Duke. So you guys have the weekend off. Um, Big, big schedule for you guys coming up here with all these ACC games. Uh, we're very excited to see it. I'm sure everyone else is excited to watch it and uh, especially looking forward to seeing you guys getting going once we get into the month of May. Uh, we'll have to check back in with you for sure once that comes around. So, Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast. Well, we're looking forward to uh, – I'll be looking forward to I'll – be, I'll be watching – closely the game and you know the duke game and then the syracuse game to make sure that you're talking shit to drake porter maybe maybe well, I, i'll pay one i'll pay one of the uh the camera guys to see if they can zoom in a little bit and i'll have to learn how to read lips but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be looking out for it so be wary sounds good oh and uh send me that playbook later <laughs> <laughs> i got you i'll send off the mets on the permission slip All right. Thanks again to Chris for hopping on with us. Uh, Again, the Tar Heels, they're going to be idle this weekend, but we've still got a full slate of games ahead of us. Um, You know, a couple, actually one good one for sure. Um, This tonight, Friday night, High Point Richmond. Um, You know, I I know that High Point has been a a program that we've been down a little bit on so far this season, but uh, as far as you've been down on High High Point, what the fuck? Hey, listen, man. we're a team, all right. This nah, is. I will not be grouped in with your takes. I I was lo- I have been loyal to High Point for for from day one, and you have, you have just shit on me for my my High Point love. That's fine. It's cool. It's whatever. I 
I, I love the matchup though. Okay. I, well, I, I do. I, I do love the matchup. I, I, I love, I, I love Richmond. You enjoy doing this podcast by yourself because <laughs> I am now dead under a bus. <laughs> I will throw you under the bus. Don't I, I, I think high point is, is great. And I think Richmond's great too, but regardless, that's going to be a good game. Continue with your, with your, with your picks. What I would say, yeah, as far as the SoCon goes, obviously those, those are going to be your top two teams. Um, both teams have had a, a pretty, uh, pretty busy schedule, pretty, uh, you know, strength of schedule, super, a uh, lot, lot of, a lot of weights on, on that rack. So, you know, these two teams are battle tested, should be a good one between them. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I have to go like with Richmond in this one, just because like, I, it would be, it would be rude of me to like talk so much shit on high point in previous episodes and then come out and pick them. So, um, I'll, I'll go with the spiders in that one, Jake. I, I feel like you're probably leaning high point unless you, Obviously, you them um, up to, to, to... <laughs> I'm rooting for sportsmanship. How's that? No, I, I love, I love high point. I think they're great. So I'll, I'll take them. Although I, I love the spiders too. So who knows? Yeah. It, it'll be a good game. That's, that's all we're really rooting for. Um, so that, that'll get us going tonight on Friday. Uh, the Saturday slate of games, we've got uh, one game in the ACC. That'll be Notre Dame versus Virginia. Um, Notre Dame, kind of a, a, a little quiet. So if, like, I, I feel like I wouldn't really know a ton about Notre Dame so far this year. Like if it wasn't for a cello and, and rider um and like no like no fault of notre dame it's just like their their schedule hasn't been like and we definitely uh, don't need to get i mean we don't need to get news from nick Ocello. so yeah, that's, ex- that's that's one exactly because you can't trust it um no. but you know robert morris bellarmine uh marquette cleveland state so like you know they, they haven't had uh, the, the toughest schedule yet. Um, you know, the, the only thing like I really know about them is, is that there's still another Kavanaugh there and, and he's, he's leading the way. Um, Virginia, you know, this, this is a team that, um, still kind of seems a little, I, I, I I think the biggest thing holding me back so far is like, I, I just don't know what we're getting out of Doc's Aiken so far this, and, and I get, you know, doesn't really matter like docs i don't want to say that docs doesn't matter but like when you have schellenberger coming out and and doing what he's done so far this season and then the addition of charlie bertrand to this offense as well like it kind of alleviates some of that pressure from docs but i still think the fact that we haven't seen like a real breakout performance from him yet this year like kind of has me still in that like where is virginia mindset so um you know, two teams that I'm not totally sure of, or do, do you have a, a feel one way or another on this one? I mean, Virginia is kind of, I mean, after losing to both UNC and Syracuse, they're kind of like on a, kind of like on the bubble of the, you know, cause you got, you know, your, 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 your big powerhouses right now, your Duke, your UNC, your Syracuse. So Virginia is kind of on the outskirts of that. So this, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a close game and Notre Dame comes out like, Hey, we can fucking play. Um, but again, like kind of the first game for Notre Dame and you know, their next, their next slate could end up, you know, their next, you know, their, their slate of games could end up being very competitive because their next one, their next six games are Virginia Cuse, Duke, Duke, UNC Cuse. So like, 
buckle the fuck up uh, because those, none of those games are going to be easy. So it can either, this can either turn out to be very competitive or they are going to get absolutely annihilated for the next six weeks. So obviously that's not really like a huge 200 IQ take, but at the same time, like, I mean, we need to see something from Notre Dame and maybe Virginia is kind of like the perfect little, I don't want to say warm up, but like warm up for them, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I just don't know enough about like what Notre Dame really looks like this year. So like, I'm, I'm excited to watch that just to figure out where they're at. Um, I don't know. They, they just seem like kind of like a, like a young team to me as far as the rest of the ACC goes. Um, so I, I think that there's still, there's, there's room for Notre Dame to grow over the next, you know, couple of years, Virginia. I think like, this is their, like this is like their kick of the game. Although it's already been said that Matt Moore is going back next, but like either way, like this is like, you know, they're reigning champs. This is their like real last kick at the can with this group. Um, And I think like, so kind of like what you said, where, you know, this could be a good jumping off point for this Notre Dame team against Virginia, or this could be a great spot for Virginia to finally get that like first real statement win of the season in the ACC. Um, we're we're going to move past the, re- we're going to come back to a couple of the Saturday games, um, but we're going to jump ahead to the big 10 on Sunday. Um, so we've already seen, uh, so the big Ten's already played the first half of their schedule. So I think we've already seen every team play against each other once. So now we're going to be rolling back the second half of the schedule. Um, so Maryland versus Rutgers, the do over here. Um, this, this was, you know, a game a couple weeks ago where, you know, we were very excited to see, okay, who's going to be the top dog in the big 10. And uh, Maryland answered that pretty, uh, pr- pretty, pretty heavily with a, a 19 to 12 win. It, it wasn't really super close. Um, now this one's going to be at Rutgers. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, may, maybe a little dirty Jersey magic for the Scarlet Knights. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think, I, th- I think what we're seeing out of Maryland so far in the first half of that big 10 schedule is that they're just so much better than everyone else in this conference. Yeah, I, I don't – man, I don't know what it's going to look like going forward. I think Maryland's really hitting a stride right now. So, I, again, like Rutgers can play. And, yeah, having Rutgers at home, you know, Rutgers being at home is, is very important. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, think we, I think we could run into another situation where Maryland takes – you know, somebody plays Maryland close until the fourth quarter and then Maryland just runs away with it. You know, so um, ideally this one's close, but it, you know, I, I think Maryland probably runs away with it fourth quarter. Actually, I will do that exact prediction. I'll say that they will trade, they will trade until the fourth quarter and then Maryland will just pour it on. All right. So, uh, if, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, take, take Rutgers in the first half, but uh, yeah, I mean, just just looking at Maryland's results right now. So they played every team in the Big Ten, and they have not lost a game by less than six goals so far. Ugh. So um, the other game in the Big Ten uh, on that Sunday will be uh, Penn State Hopkins. So listen, man. I mean Hopkins, like that that was the big win that they kind of needed. 
um, a couple weeks ago. So that was the same day as the Maryland Rutgers first game. Um, you know, 13 to six win for, for hop. Um, and that was, I think that was at Homewood. Um, you know, they, they followed that up by getting worked a little bit by Rutgers, but I think, I don't know. I, I, th- I think, I think Hopkins gets another win here against Penn state. They probably beat Michigan, Ohio state law. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they have, they have two more wins left on their schedule. So um, Jake, as, as the, the Hopkins guy, as the, are you an alum now or are you an active current student? No, I'm I'm still a student. Um, Okay. So, so as, you know, as, as a member of the student body, um, you know, (laughs) you've, you've got two more wins here to enjoy on the season. So um you know, are, are, are you, are you excited for, for one of these to go down or are you a little, a little bittersweet about it? Uh, I'm a little bittersweet about it. I think, you know, I think Hopkins is, I think there's just a lot to be desired. You know, as I've said before, you know, there's a lot to be desired when it comes to, when it comes to hop. Um, I mean, they've got, a, they've got a lot of guys who can really play. Um, they're just, I mean, they're just, they're missing a, a, a couple key elements. Uh, um, but I mean, you know they, they they could probably they could probably come out with you know maybe maybe two or three more wins which would be nice but you know those last two against Rutgers and Maryland are are, are going to be tough. Um, I I just oh, like what has happened to Penn State, bro? Like I I do not I do not understand for the life of me. Have we ever seen one player? The only time, the only other time I can, I can, I, I've ever seen this is in is Auburn football, 2010, with Cam Newton. Cam Newton was the reason that Auburn won the national championship. Yes, there were there were other key well, players it was, like it was, it was the laptops that he stole from Florida. That right, was the that, exactly, Auburn. and then all of the money that he got paid to go to Auburn. Yes, we, everybody knows this, Jordy. It's not a secret. But you took you took him away from Auburn, and they were just a completely different team. You took Grant Ament away from Penn State, and it's like Penn State has no fucking idea how to play lacrosse anymore. Um, so I just—it's very—it's con- confusing to me. I just—I've never seen—I don't think I've ever seen that before. And we're just—we are. I think it's a well, combination of you like you lose them, but then it's also like now you're just you're down so bad that it's like everyone's just showing up well, to these games being like, fuck, like how, how many more of these do we have left? Well, Loyola and Pat Spencer. I mean, Pat yeah. Spencer, you know, Pat Spencer took them from being a, an actual contender to, you know, the, the, the year after they were not. So um, I mean, I'm going to sound dumb here uh, off the top of my head. Did, did they lose Chase Scanlon in the same year? Yes, because we all because that was one of the things was like, oh, Pat's not there, Chase's out, you know. Okay, so wait, yeah. so did so they they lost Spencer and Chase Scanlon though. Yes, yes. Okay, they lost. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's it's that's two guys. Then yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, um, man, that had to be tough for Kevin Lindley, I think. I don't think we talked about that enough, but uh, so yeah, I mean, but it's still a Grant Amen is one guy. And it looks like he meant a lot to this team, whether it be just like purely for motivational pur- pur- you know, purposes or, you know, he literally was the life and blood of the team. And you, you kind of hate to see that because there's guys on this team who can, who are really good, like Dylan Folds and TJ Malone and Jackson Reynolds and Mac O'Keefe. And it's like, 
you know, may, they just, you know, they're missing a linchpin or something like that to take them over the top. So, um, I mean, that's a little long-winded just to say that Hopkins is probably going to win this one. Uh, <laughs> Such a homer pick. Yeah, uh, listen, it's not a homer pick when Penn State's one of one and four. Come on, give me a fucking break. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, well, wrapping back to to Saturday real quick. So, Jake, I, I just you, you can give a yes or no answer here, but I know that that's not the way that you uh, you roll. So, I'm I'm gonna gonna hand this mm-hmm. one over to you in just a, a minute. But so on Saturday, we've got. The rematch of Georgetown versus Villanova. Now, this is the game that started off the season for both of these teams, and Georgetown beat the fucking brakes off of Nova 16-1 to in that game. What I want to know right now, do you think that Nova has what it takes to make it at least a closer game this time around? I mean, if you talk, of course, I'm not going to give you a yes or no answer. If you talk like purely like, in like a statistical fashion, I don't think that they're going to beat them by one goal again. Um, I don't know how much closer it'll be like Georgetown. Like, you know, you, you need to obviously have some, you know, something in mind to defend Jake Carraway. Uh, but I mean, I don't see them coming away with a dub, but I don't see them losing by 15 goals again. Yeah. I mean, they, they followed up that ass kicking with uh, I think they've, they've rattled off three straight wins since then. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully they feel a little bit more confident about themselves heading into this one. So um, I don't know. I I think that that has, that has potential to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good game on as far as the Saturday slate goes. Um, Also what I like about that is that's a, uh, so it looks like right now, at least on Inside the Cross's website, is that's a 3 p.m. game. I, I hate when all these games, like, so, the, the, you know, there's, there are like three games that I'm interested in on Saturday. So we've, we've already talked about um, Notre Dame, Virginia. And, you know, so that's a 12 o'clock game. I hate when there's like three games that I'm interested in, but they mm. all start at noon. And then the rest of the day is just like whatever. So, you know, having that little 3 p.m. game, um, I, I know that the basketball tournament's going on. So, you know, there'll be some sweet 16 action there as well. So, I don't know. If you're at a bar, just, you know, bring your laptop with you and boot that up on whatever web stream that's going to be on. Um, the other game on Saturday, I'm, I'm interested. It just, I, I think Albany Stony Brook um, has a chance to be a pretty fun game to watch. I think, uh, you know, Stony Brook has a, um, so they, they've got a freshman right now leading the way for them. They, he's got a uh, 20 goals, nine assists in their seven games so far this year. Um, and then obviously, you know, Albany has just been, um, you know, Albany is a team that I was super worried about heading into this year just because last year looked so um you know they they were two and three before everything got shut down um and and i thought that maybe they were trending a little bit in the wrong way uh but this seems to be a team that's having a lot of fun right now uh they're you know a, a non-stop highlight reel as an albany lacrosse team should be um so i think albany stony brook should be a pretty fun one yeah, Albany is such a fun team to watch. You know, they just they 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 take liberties 
in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of run and gun. There's a lot of back and down. There's a lot of, you know, you see a lot of that box influence from, from some of these guys who, um, you know, grew up playing the box game. So like it, it just an incredibly, incredibly fun team to watch. Um, I'll always root for Albany. They're, they're a bunch of nutcases with their roster picks too. So, um, you know, huge fan of those guys. Um, I hope to see a couple of them, you know, a couple sleeper guys maybe end up in the PLL. So that'd be, that'd be fun. But um, yeah, so I, I, I got Albany in that one. Uh, Cause I'm an, I'd say I'm an Albany Homer, but other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I've got Albany as well. And, you know, I, I don't know if I gave a pick on Georgetown Villanova. I would imagine that Georgetown still comes away with a win in that one. Um, you know, still just a, a very, very solid team, despite, you know, that loss to Denver, which, you know, a, a little bit to be expected. Um, but, you know, we, we, we talk about Jay Carraway a ton on this podcast for good reason. He's an absolute beast. Um, so I'd go Georgetown in that one, but I, I do think that um, it won't be nearly as much of a shit pumping as round one was. Um, any other games that, that stand out on this, on the schedule to you? I, I think that that's, you know, that, that that's a decent amount to of, of lacrosse to sprinkle into your uh, March Madness Sweet 16 weekend. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you got, you know, I mean, well, there's the classic like Michigan, Ohio state, but I mean, that, that could be a barn burner who knows. Um, but yeah, no, that's a classic amount. That's a good amount of lacrosse to sprinkle in your weekend. So like, you know, go in your girlfriend's purse, take her credit card out, buy some pizzas for you and the boys, you know, maybe a few, you know, What's what's everybody been drinking? You know, I'm not. A, I'm not I don't. I don't drink. So like, um, what's the, uh, the cacti? Is that like the Travis Scott, uh, like uh, sparkling seltzer with tequila in it? It's like a margarita thing or something. I think I saw a good friend of the pod, Dan Aresia, said they were awful. Um, I, I got to be honest. I still am not entirely sure who Travis Scott is. Jordy, uh, I don't. You spend so much time on the internet, and at what cost? <laughs> you you do not know what 90% of stuff is which uh-huh. i guess you know if, but when it comes to sports though you know i we, i would you'd be one of the first people that i would take to a bar for trivia night so i'd be like this guy he's going to handle all the sports stuff uh and, and and hopefully we'd be in philly so most of the stuff would be you know philly sports and, and then we'd be solid i'm not sure sports, how you are outside sports. of that Sports and brisket. That's that. Those are my two things. Um, other than that, don't know a ton. No. Well, it, it's all relative. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so take your, take your girlfriend's credit card, get yourself on these streams, make sure to buy yourself a pro athletic shirt with the promo code crease dive for 10% off because you earn it King. Uh, and yeah, we will be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. Yeah.